0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good Monday, everybody. Welcome to Thanksgiving week here on Fantasy NBA Today. I know this is sort of a weird week. Sometimes uh, folks do listen more this week. Sometimes folks don't. I think on the whole, there are probably fewer of you. But you know what? That means it's even more important because those of us that are still going at a needlessly high clip on fantasy basketball, well, we have an opportunity to just beat someone into submission by outworking them, out out outdoing them, out hustling. We're going to hustle this week. We got a reverse chronological lightning round coming up here on this uh, Monday show where we will work backwards through the games of the weekend and... uh, Get you all that good stuff. We got an ExpressVPN ad coming up at some point in the middle of the program. You don't know when it'll be. I'll surprise you. I'm honestly just kind of happy that I have voice left. I did five college basketball games of play-by-play on Friday and Saturday. uh, And somehow I can still speak without like little coughs of dust coming out. Anyway, welcome to the program, everybody. I'm Dan Bespris. Thanks as always for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter. Still exists. As far as I know right now at Dan Besbris D A N B E S B R I S I uh I was slow to get the Discord link into the Friday show description this time around I promise it'll just be there right from the outset uh but that's in there and that's a just in case I just I want to put that right at the front end of this podcast the same thing as last time if Twitter goes down which seems less and less likely by the day Which I think we all kind of thought it would hang in there. Well, maybe that's not true. I kind of thought it would hang in there. It just, like... Whatever you want to say about everything going on, I don't think the dude wants to lose $44 billion. So, like, in my heart of hearts, I was like, okay, this guy doesn't want it to die. Uh, I don't know what the hell he's doing, but he doesn't want it to die. So, hopefully, we don't have to deal with any of this stuff. But, in the off chance... On the off chance that we do, that Twitter just goes dark, you may want to be in our emergency fail-safe Discord, and that link is in the show description. There's nothing going on in it right now. It's literally just a quiet room with a few hundred people in it. (laughs) But you know what? We'll make it a bigger quiet room, and that's what we hope. And you know what? If Twitter doesn't die, we won't need to use it. But you'll always have it, just in case. It's an emergency backup plan. But let's start going through some of the games. We've got a lot to go over. We're going to cover all 30 teams here as we do every Monday, working backwards, Sunday, Saturday, and then anybody that didn't play over the weekend. As per usual, I don't look uh, before we get into the show to see which teams I have to do on Friday. Uh, l- honestly, like I know that that makes me sound unprepared, but I pay so close attention to every one of these games that I don't feel like I need to look at that stuff because I just... Like I know what happened in all these things. I just don't remember what order it happened in. That's why we look at the boxes. New York lost in Phoenix on Sunday morning eh, it was the early afternoon, I suppose. Campaign was brilliant again. Chris Paul actually got pushed out a little farther, which sucks because I have a few Chris Pauls. you guys know that. This sore heel has kept him out for a little over a week already. He's been questionable going into every ball game, but he hasn't played. And now they're finally saying, like, all right, we're, we're just going to give him a few days off, um, which that's annoying, but hopefully things get better on the other side of that. Tory Craig is someone that we've kind of had one eye on in all of this, basically since Cam Johnson went down. He's been so, throughout his career, so wildly inconsistent, even when given minutes. But this Phoenix team, the roster that's around him now, has created kind of the perfect little pocket for Tory where... He doesn't have to do too much. If he gets the minutes, you can count on him to, to get you a couple of rebounds and, uh, you know, a couple of three pointers. Like basically since he slid into this full-time starting job, which is basically about five games back, it's not that scoring has been all that great, but he's shooting over 50%. So that's good. He hasn't, gotten to the free throw line very often so that hasn't been a huge issue but he's at 2.3 ish roughly a little over two three pointers per ball game over that stretch actually might be right at two and he's at like 11 points and he's around like seven or eight rebounds which is pretty good two assists a little over a steal a little over a block that's pretty good and kind of surprisingly decent i just know that the second i throw him on a roster the whole thing's gonna come melting down uh, but right now he's pretty good. he's like he's kind of going Royce O'Neill mode out there, but with a better field goal percent and uh poorer free throw If Royce can do it, why not Tory? Why not Tori? Meanwhile, over on the new york side um <laughs> I mean the the center situation has just gotten so hairy out there. I'm still holding on to Isaiah hardenstein because we know he can do it in twenty to twenty two minutes of ball game. It was better than that for a little bit. It's been worse than that now. They're mixing and matching, and nothing's really sticking at the moment. Mostly because, and like for better or worse, Tom Thibodeau is a defensive coordinator who's been thrust into a head coaching job of a team that has like two guys that play defense. It's like watching Frank Vogel, but just like with more pedigree on this side, I guess. So Mitchell Robinson came back presumably at some point you'll be able to get him back into your starting lineup. I think you keep him benched until that time. If he got dropped in your fantasy league, you should add him to see how this thing shakes out. So at least give a cursory glance. I don't think he got dropped in many leagues, but I'm guessing he did in a few. Um, he's not available in any of mine, but he's just, I mean, his roster number is down to 71% now in Yahoo Leagues and might get worse after this ballgame. So at least like check. Take the six seconds to type in his name and see if he's around. But yeah, I know a lot of people are going to be dumping Hartenstein. I'm not doing it. He's just too good of a per-minute producer. Uh, Like, the fact that in 15 minutes he actually came kind of close to a useful fantasy line tells you all you need to know. There's just too much there. Washington beat Charlotte 106-102. Bradley Beal hurt his quad right near the end of the ballgame. It's unclear what his situation is for their next one. Uh, What we do know is that when Beal is out, Denny Avdia was pretty good cory kispert was actually pretty good um i don't know that i feel comfortable streaming either one of those guys if i was gonna it would be kispert because at least you're like okay beal's out he'll get an extra four or five shots that's what he needs to to knock in a few three-pointers with avdia you need the rebounds you need assists you need defensive stats you might just kind of catch him on the wrong night but let's wait and see i mean it's possible that beal just plays in the next one and then all of that is uh somewhat meaningless um Charlotte's side. Dennis Smith Jr. beat LaMelo Ball back from their twin injuries, Uh, but DSJ came off the bench. He still was decent in his 25 minutes. He didn't really get heavily involved in this game, but two steals and two blocks to float his line. And if he plays in the next one and Ball still isn't back, you start him. It's a pretty easy decision at that point. Gordon Hayward, uh, he looks better again. He's had this strange, like, weirdly low free throw percent thing going on so far this year, and it's artificially sinking his fantasy numbers. I don't believe that's going to hold all year. At some point, he's just going to have, like, one game where he goes nine for nine at the foul line, and all of a sudden, he'll jump 40 fantasy slots. So, Gordon Hayward, make sure he's not on the wire. Uh, Nick Richards double doubled, but I don't care. Mason Plumlee played 30 minutes. But had one of his bad shooting games. And this is the fear with a guy like Plumlee. Like, we went over this over and over and over and over again. Why are we not, why is Dan not taking the plunge on Plumlee? Because we've seen this a thousand times. He has a week and a half where he's a top 75 guy, and then a week and a half where he's top 190. And his best case scenario is right around the top 100. Even with the extra minutes, that's where you might be able to push him just inside of it. But the free throw thing is a problem. Uh, He's not a huge defensive stats center. He's more rebounds and assists out of the center spot. And, yes, you are going to hear children screaming on podcast this week because everybody's on vacation for Thanksgiving. What are you going to do? Sacramento wins again. Not a big surprise here. Detroit is not attempting to win ball games late, which isn't really fair to say because, like, the players on the court are, but the team in charge of analytics is making sure that they can't. Detroit's now 3-15. Uh, they're right there at the bottom with the Rockets, kind of as we figured. Two teams that have every reason to keep tanking. One more year. That's it. Go for Wembenyama, and then if you want to move on from tanking, have at it. Marvin Bagley was a little bit better. He was in foul trouble in this game, or it actually could have been like kind of a decent line. I still don't think he needs to be rostered. I would almost prefer Jalen Duran. I don't see him overtaking Bagley. In terms of the starting spot, Duran got more minutes here because Marvin was in intense foul trouble. Uh, But this is also one of those games. like The Kings are going to play a 130-point game, so that tends to be good for visitors also. I'm watching Duran. I think he's got a shot to be useful here while Isaiah Stewart is out. I don't know how close he's going to get. You don't have to add him yet. And then with Bagley, I just think there's better choices right now. The Superstreams list continues to be absurdly long, so why why settle for kind of a middling one? Meanwhile, Harrison Barnes has quietly been better lately. The problem with Barnes is that the reason he's been better is because he's been shooting like 60%. His usage is painfully low this year. And this ball game he finally got to do a little bit more, and obviously against Detroit you're going to put up some big numbers. I'm fully aware that the moment I say go pick up Harrison Barnes, if he was dropped, he's going to have one of those games where he scores six points with two rebounds. Yes, he's been better. His last three games have been pretty good. His last five out of six have actually all been kind of decent. He's pretty heavily rostered, despite being quite awful the first three weeks of this season. Uh, But check your league. That's another one where you can kind of check and see if he's floating around, because he might be worth a look. I just... We have to be fully aware that this is not the kind of line he's going to put up all year. Even Good Barnes is not going to get this type of stuff, and his usage still wasn't that high in this ball game. It was just a little bit better. Made a big difference, I suppose. Keegan Murray left and came back. No fear there. Kevin Herter continues chugging along. Nothing really to see in that one. Warriors and Rockets, a high-scoring a game. Apologies for another scream in the background. Steph Curry exploded in the second half. Klay Thompson exploded in the first half. That was a a good time to be a Splash Brother. And, of course, not a great time to be Jordan Poole when the Splash Brothers are going that buck wild. Tyra Eason is the story in this ballgame. He got 23 minutes, and we've seen he's been a really good per-minute producer. He did, however, get added in a lot of leagues way earlier than he needed to. I mean, that's the obvious story with Eason. He had one, two, I would argue, good ball games, November 5th, November 9th. But his minutes have been slowly on the upward swing. And then of course he just like went wild in this ballgame. He's only 26% rostered. It's been fluctuating wildly on a day to day basis. But like on the head to head side, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Roto side, you'll be squatting on it for a while, and I don't know exactly when you'll have the confidence to do it. I keep wanting KJ Martin to make that turn. It's just not going to happen until somebody gets out of his way, so, you know, whatever. Good to see Jabari Smith Jr. starting to get it going, though. I think the buy low window on him is uh, more or less closed up. I don't know, maybe it's still floating around out there. You just, like, you knew he wasn't going to shoot 29% for a whole year. Rookie or no rookie, guys slowly start to figure it out easy call. Miami cut down to their prime still and they just didn't have enough to deal with Cleveland. Adebayo came back. Dwayne Dedman was back. Caleb Martin's stream was okay. Max Strew's stream was bad. Kyle Lowry after his mondo triple-double and played like 50 minutes in that game. Not surprisingly, didn't have anything left for this ball game. You can kind of the point I'm getting to here is you can pretty much throw the box score out. Other than uh, Karis LeVert leaving halfway through with a turned ankle, uh, it meant a little bit extra Isaac Okoro and a little bit extra Lamar Stevens because uh, Kevin Love was also out for this one. He's considered day-to-day despite there being a hairline fracture. G.D. Osmond got hot. I don't think I have to tell you guys not to take the plunge with that. Uh, general level of nonsense, just stick to Garland, stick to Spida. I know he cooled off a little bit in this one, but we always sort of knew that was coming at some point. Like, this, he wasn't going to keep up that pace. Mobley's been fine, if unspectacular. Jared Allen, he's been okay, also a bit unspectacular. Uh, and everybody will be all right. So, you know, do what makes sense. Kyrie Irving made his return for Brooklyn. He played 26 minutes. They're kind of easing him back into this. Obviously, you can get him fired up. Um, he wasn't great in this one, but he'll be fine. Ben Simmons has come alive, uh, late last week and then into and over the weekend. He looks a lot more like old Ben Simmons and Brooklyn certainly looks better for it. Uh, he got dropped in some spots. You can go get him. I'm not a big Ben Simmons fantasy fan, but I do think, and we talked about this on Friday's show. I I do think top 75 range is a possibility for him. I don't think there's a path to much earlier than that. Uh, Royce O'Neal another solid ball game he's number 80 on a per game basis just still kind of trucking along and KD who like even when he has a quiet ball game is still relatively decent he sits uh, really just behind Shea Gilgis Alexander now for that number three spot it's Steph that's running away with it at the moment I have no idea how they did it but Denver beat Dallas with mostly backups Uh, no Aaron Gordon no Jamal Murray no Nikola Jokic, so Maximum Bones Highland. He went really crazy in this one. Career high 29. Uh nice efficiency as well. Bruce Brown, really good fill-in for Jokic these days. Even DeAndre Jordan had a better ball game, but who cares? You're not picking up DeAndre Jordan. Uh you're not picking up Jeff Green, who got hurt early in this one anyway. KCP had a tough shooting night, but he's someone that you're gonna ride with. And as we kind of figured, he's had a tougher time since the key guys went down because they've been creating all those wide-open shots for him. He needs the openness. It's not quantity for him. It's all about quality. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had a tough free-throw shooting game where this actually would have been kind of a decent fantasy line. Um, but we'll just keep an eye on Denver. You know, Bones is a guy who were, was useful even before everybody got hurt. Brown is the one that stands to suffer as guys do come back on that Denver side. For Dallas, Luka, tougher shooting game, mostly at the free-throw line. Missed some free throws, had some turnovers. um, Just generally didn't do quite as much. I don't think that's going to be a bad enough game to really knock him down too far. I think he moved from, like, number six to number seven. So uh, not a big deal. Still overall having a really nice year. Uh, But this is a game they got to win. Josh Green? You guys were all yelling at me about Josh Green, and it was bad, 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 bad. And that one good ball game. I hope I don't have to deal with this again, because dude went eight for nine from the floor, that's just not happening every ball game. Don't worry about it. No real news in Lakers and uh, San Antonio. LeBron's still out, so Austin Reeves has really cranked his game up. He's been pretty consistently one of the Lakers' best players during this stretch. Um, Anthony Davis obviously continues to truck along with no LeBron. Uh, and then on the Spurs side, you're just sort of figuring out who's in and who's out on a given night. Um, no Jakob Purtle for this one. Keldon Johnson ran into Anthony Davis, basically. And so that didn't work out all that well. But, you know, you're not going to rotate bodies. Um, Charles Bassey, I think we all hope for a little bit more during this five-game week, but he was never going to be a Roto Games Cap guy anyway. All right, we'll turn the clock back to Saturday, but before we do, I want to just key in on one thing real quick, and that's reminding you. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is a lot like going to a casino and only being able to play the slot machines. Why limit yourself like that? The big money, the good stuff, is somewhere else. So you guys might not know this, but Netflix actually has different content libraries for every country. They have shows for U.S. audiences. They have shows for Japanese audiences, Chinese audiences, uh, Brazilian audiences. You name it, there's a different set of items That folks can watch. Now, with those thousands of shows, many of them, you don't get to see without a VPN. Luckily, luckily, by using ExpressVPN when you watch something like Netflix, you can unblock it. Open the app, select a country name, you tap one button, and bam, refresh refresh your Netflix. Other shows are there. It's super fast. It's compatible with all your devices. It works in 94 different countries. Compatible with YouTube, BBC Player, you know, like all across the board. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth by going to expressvpn.com/slash hoopball. Don't forget to use my special link at expressvpn.com/slash hoopball. ...to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. It's a 12-month subscription. You get 15 at expressvpn.com hoopball. Okay, now we get to talk a little bit about Saturday. And I'm really happy because the first thing I get to mention when we talk about Saturday... ...you guys already know where I'm going with this. Thaditude! I got the Thaditude! I know you guys have it too. Thad Young on Saturday was brilliant... 35 minutes in an overtime loss. Who cares? 18 points, nine rebounds, four assists, four steals, eight out of 12 shooting. It was one of the best lines of the day. Admittedly, a five game card, so it's not like everybody played, but that's still a fantastic fantasy line. And with most of that team still dinged up, Thad's good to go, man. As long as he's starting, we're streaming. That's basically the rule I've got with Thad right now. If he moves back to the bench, that makes me a little bit nervous because you just don't know when those minutes might drop back to 19 on a given night in a way that when you're starting, 19 feels almost guaranteed, and then everything else, you're just like, all right, well, they're playing better with him on the floor, so good. Uh, Malachi Flynn had a big game off the bench. I don't think I'm going to do anything with that. Christian Coloco had another big game, uh, but that's his first in a while. Bo Cruz, Juan Juan. Hernan Gomez got the start at center, 10-9 uh, and nine with a couple of steals. His fantasy game really doesn't pan out all that well. He's really a, a points and rebounds dude, so that kind of makes it hard when you're excelling in two categories, sometimes three. I would rather just kind of cross our fingers that Chris Boucher comes back soon because it feels like he, Boucher and young Thad, could probably have decent ball games at the same time, provided all of these guys remain out. Now, it's hard to know what's going to happen. As Gary Trent comes back, uh, does that punt Juan Hernan Gomez back to the bench? Probably. That would shift Thad over to the center spot. But, you, re- I mean, we have to pay attention. We have to be aware of what Toronto's got available on a given night, because it does rotate their starting five. And as I just mentioned, I'm not playing Thad unless he's starting. Happy, though it makes me, when he plays well, I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and just say, oh, well, this is like one of my favorite fantasy players over the last decade. I'm going to start him no matter what's going on. I I can't. That's just it's not prudent. So instead, uh, if he's starting, you start him because over the last week, that is a top 40 level fantasy player. That's how good he's been as a starter, as a reserve. It's up in the air. Nothing to do over on the Atlanta side. I think I've already mentioned this on the show, but I've pretty much moved on from Okongwu. He's not jumping Clint Capella. Uh, It would take an injury. Now, if that's the case, great. I think at that point, you could just pick him up. Ask yourself, would anybody add him if I dropped him? And I think the answer is no right now because there's just no real path for him with Atlanta playing relatively well uh, and Capella in particular playing really well of late. AJ Griffin had a better ball game, but again, that's not something you're buying into Uh, The consistency level, it's just not going to be there. Indiana beat Orlando in a good ball game. Halliburton was questionable coming into this one, and then the game started and he was very much not questionable anymore. Uh, Jalen Smith, another bad shooting game. And look, I'm not out here to bag on Jalen Smith a whole bunch of times. I shouldn't because he was somebody that I said I liked as like an 80 to 100 range draft pick. But I'm also willing to admit when I think I got something wrong, and I think I got Jalen Smith wrong this year because uh, he's sitting at about 190 in rank largely because his percentages are crap. 11 points, 8 rebounds and a block, and a 3-pointer. That's not bad, but 43% from your power forward not going to get it done. And you're like, all right, well, if my power forward is shooting poorly from the field, maybe he's doing something good for me at the free throw line. No, 69% at the foul line. And even his turnovers at one and a half, like that's not a bad number, but if you're a a low usage guy who's like beating your team up in a bunch of stuff, I kind of needed that to be better. I like Jalen Smith coming into this year. I still think there's a path for him to get better as the season goes on. I'm seeing less and less how that happens as long as Indiana continues to right or wrong win ball games. They're nine and six on the year right now. Uh, and it's kind of the same story with Isaiah Jackson, who has the higher individual upside. And if Miles Turner gets moved, Jackson is the obvious, oh, this is the guy who gets the big benefit from that. It's not quite so one-to-one like with with Smith. He's getting pulled for Terry Taylor. He's getting pulled for Aaron Neesmith. He's getting pulled for all sorts of different guys. O'Shea Brissett in this ballgame took his time. It's Miles Turner is taking the, has the center minutes. Isaiah Jackson's not going to play much power forward. A little bit. They've tried it. But he stands to benefit a lot. So I understand if you want to squat on Jackson a little bit longer, because if Miles gets moved, bam-o, Jackson jumps into a top 50-level valuation. With Smith, it's just not that obvious until real close to the end of the year. If Indiana has slowed down and they want to start losing ball games on purpose, that's a guy they would just be like, have at it. But we know enough about Rick Carlisle. and know he very rarely just tells a young guy, have at it. And it's happening again this year. Which and it's only being made worse by the fact that they've been successful to this point. So I like, I hate to say it, but I think you could probably drop those guys and probably get them back when the time is right. Also, meanwhile, on the Orlando side, Wendell Carter Jr. has missed a, a couple of ball games here lately with a plantar fascia issue, and Mo Bamba is crushing it. Um, it's superstream territory. Like when Wendell's back, Mo's right on the borderline. But for now. He needs to be rostered. bomba has been really good in a couple of games lately, and he's actually been kind of serviceable in other ones. If you go back to, remember, he missed a game on November the 5th. Since he came back from that, his minutes, all right, 20, 24, 18, 22, 29. That was the Wendell Carter missed game. He came back. Mo got 24 minutes. Carter back out again over the weekend. Maybe it was the back-to-back, hard to say. And Bamba played a season-high 33. And, I mean, he's a monster in 33 minutes. We know that about him. I think because he's getting around 22 minutes, even in the games when Carter's in the lineup, you can probably just call Bamba an ad at this point and try not to worry too much about the game-to-game situation. You'll get the big ones when somebody's resting. Uh, They'll be a little bit tougher when the team is fully healthy. Like It's possible that Paolo comes back and it does negatively impact Bamba, although I think it's going to do a lot of damage to Chumo Kiki to begin with. But for now, you can kind of just float with Bamba and think of it more on the, like, the Danny Green stuff from seasons past. You just like make sure the team has the right guys in or out and then play him for a week. And at the end of the week, if he's like a top 80, 90 guy over four games, you try not to worry too much about the fact that one game might be a top 40 game and the next one might be a 120 because you'll just kill yourself playing him on the wrong days. You guys know it happens every time. Oh, I, I drop him into my lineup today, and he was bad. I take him out, and then he play, plays well. that That's one of the benefits of a season-long league. If you've got a guy who has that right stat set, and you can kind of set it and forget it a little bit, then you should take that opportunity to do so. Let's keep hustling here. Minnesota beat Philadelphia. Um... Not much to do on the Minnesota side. They're fairly predictable these days. Philly is a little bit less predictable because they've had all sorts of guys out. We know DeAnthony Melton's been in a really good spot and it took him a long time to hit that point, but he got going in this one. Huge game for Melton and kind of a fun stat. He's one of only, he's actually the only player in the last three years to have multiple games of five threes, five assists, and five steals. And if you go back a while, it's guys like Baron Davis, and Chris Paul, and James Harden. This is why we keep pushing Melton on all of you. I know that like week after week, day after day, there's this frustration level with him. And I get it. But he has a unique fantasy ability that a lot of dudes simply don't have. Shake Milton also had a big ball game. That one was a little bit more tied to Tobias Harris being out. Because Milton's a dude who needs shots. And he probably wasn't going to get enough of them unless Tobias missed this ballgame. Now, uh, the latest report I have on Tobias is still a bit unclear on whether or not he's going to be in this next one. So, like, Shake is a little bit lower on my list of super streams because his might kind of end before it begins. But if you get lucky, it's a sad thing to say, if you get lucky and Tobias Harris does miss another ballgame, Milton would be a guy I think you'd feel pretty comfortable dropping into your lineups. Utah and Portland, a couple of injuries in this ball game. Dame re-injured a calf. They're saying it's a different part of the same calf, but, you know, whatever. Calves are slow to heal. Uh, assume he's going to be out for two weeks. Sounds like he's going to be reevaluated every one to two weeks. That sucks. Last time this happened, there wasn't really an obvious winner. Justice Winslow played more, but it didn't make him a 9-cat, 12-team guy. It's just going to be more Simons. It's really helpful for Jeremy Grant. Uh, and that's about it. Meanwhile, on the Utah side, Mike Conley got hurt. Uh, The timeline on that is a bit... Not that Dame's timeline is all that clear, but Conley's timeline seems even murkier. But the initial ruling is that it's, quote, not that bad. (laughs) Uh, In this one, Taylor Norton Tucker picked up most of the minutes, but his fantasy game stinks. Malik Beasley is probably the guy to be looking at here. He was in three-point streamer zone, But now with this opening of, okay, well, Conley's out. So Jordan Clarkson slides down to basically be like the de facto point guard. You'll see more Sexton, more Horton Tucker, more Beasley. But between those three guys, the one that was closest was Beasley. So the most likely to kind of move over the I can start this guy daily line then is also Malik Beasley. I think you can probably add him. I don't know that you have to start him in Utah's first game without Conley. You can kind of like see how it goes, if, if his minutes are high, if his opportunity is good enough. But they want to play really high-scoring games, and so that makes it a little bit easier to just dump dudes into your lineup and say, all right, well, worst-case scenario, dude's going to still get his 15 shots or whatever that is. Uh, so put Beasley on your list as well. Um, I'm trying to keep a streamer board right now because there's so much going on and I think that was a name that wasn't on. All right, well, I'm trying to update it while I'm doing a podcast here. Whatever, you guys will live with it. Uh, Over on the Clippers' side, Paul George left early with knee soreness. Dude had 21 points and two steals in 15 minutes. He was on his way to a fat career night, but had to abandon ship. Um, Sounds like he wants to play in their next ballgame and that he was just like a little bit sore and playing against a team that was basically tanking this week. Um, I mean, as evidenced by how easily the Lakers rolled over the Spurs. That's you know, a team has stopped trying. You remember how the Spurs got off to kind of a good start this year, they're n- Yeah, not not so much anymore. Um, Norman Powell got hot. John Wall had 15 assists. This was just a team picking on a B squad on the other side. The only thing you're really paying attention to two things really on the Clippers. How does Kawhi Leonard look? And he looked fine in this one. Still not super engaged but like quietly efficient and made some good passes and hit his shots and came out of it healthy. And then Marcus Morris, another one we're paying attention to because there is a fear. Brew didn't have it as much as I do. I'm a little bit afraid that if Morris loses two or three shots when Leonard gets up to full game speed, that that could kind of be the difference for him between Marcus, remember, he was cruising at like top 50 for a while there. Now he's at top 60. I mean, I could still go 80, 90 range, perhaps. So I wouldn't make any kind of preemptive drop here. But that is something, in my opinion, that you really do want to keep an eye on. And we're going to jump right over the promo here. And instead of doing a promo between Saturday and finishing things off on Friday, I'm just going to once again ask you guys, if you have a moment to drop a five-star review on the podcast, I really would appreciate it. And I had somebody ask me on Twitter how to do it. So, uh, very quickly here, if you're on an Apple mobile device, which I think the vast majority of you probably are, that's probably the way you're listening, open up the podcast app, search for Fantasy NBA Today. You have to use the search function. You can't go to the show you're already listening to, which is so dumb. But search. So, like, pause what you're doing now, hit the little search button in the corner, type in this show name. In fact, I think by the time you get to Fantasy NB, the sh- it'll fill it in for you. Make sure you actually search for it. Don't click on an episode title by accident because once you search, then you click on the show name, the big logo, and on that next page, scroll down. Why it's hidden, I don't know. It is, but please do drop a five-star review. We're up to 827 of them, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I would love to see if we can get to 850 at some point this year, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of your help to get there. All right, who didn't we talk about? Let's play the who didn't we cover game from Friday. I believe the Bucks were one of them. Oh, the Bucks are such a weird story right now because Giannis got himself into some trouble. He was like fighting with a, 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 a Philly arena employee to move a ladder out of the way so he could practice free throw shooting because right now Giannis needs so much practice at the foul line. He is number 215 in nine category leagues because his field goal percent has fallen back to kind of close to league average, which is just nuts, and his free throw shooting is now the worst free throw shooting by volume season basically since Basketball Monsters started tracking it. Like, you gotta go back to Shaq-era stuff to see things like this. It is the craziest thing that I can remember in recent history. He's just completely stopped making At free throws, at all, it's wild. It's completely and utterly absurd and insane. And I, I like, I don't, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it. But it's what's happening right now, and it's it's Shaq esque, like around the turn of this the millennium when Shaq was taking ten a game and hitting fifty percent of them, and that's what we're seeing right now. And so, like, if you are punting free throws, Giannis is still like close to the first round. But if you are not, He's completely unstartable. The idea that you have to bench Giannis is just so wild and insane, but that's where we're at. Uh, Drew Holiday came back. Javon Carter was actually okay in this one, but he's about to fade, so you can that's one of the slots you can turn into a new streamer, basically, the Javon Carter one. Uh, Oklahoma City is a team we didn't cover over the weekend, and that's the one where this is annoying news. Alexei Pokushevsky, kind of a bad ankle sprain. He's already been ruled out for Monday's game. Uh, Jalen Williams looks like the immediate beneficiary of that. Darius Baisley being out has also been helpful for Jalen. I'm not confident enough to add and start Jalen Williams right out of the shoot here. I might pay for being somewhat uh, conservative with that play. I am holding Pokaszewski because he's been amazing lately, and I want to see this thing through because you're talking about a guy with that infinite upside fantasy game, and you just can't cast someone like that back onto the wire because if this is really him like turning the corner to be uh, top 75, then 60, then 50, then four. Like, next couple of years for him, th- that's the climb. There's a there's a pretty amazing trajectory for that dude. And maybe Jalen Williams turns out to have a nice trajectory as well, but it does seem like he needs 30 minutes to get there. He probably gets 30 if Poku and Baisley remain out, but I'm just not confident enough with the way that... Uh, I feel like I skipped a game on Sunday. Like, thinking back, did I skip a game... No, I just skipped talking about the Grizzlies. that was dumb all right we we need to talk about the Grizzlies also uh but like the the roulette wheel as we've been talking about Oklahoma City the roulette wheel is too frightening for me on that front. Chicago lost to orlando that the Chicago's like a sick team right now i don't I don't know what's going on out there, but something is something foul is afoot. You're just starting the three main dudes there until further notice and uh Just hope that things come back the way they're supposed to. Boston, big game out of Derek White back on Friday, but it sounds like Marcus Smart is ready to come back. Um, Did White secure a bigger role with as well as he played with Smart and Brogdon out? I don't know, but I'm not pre-dropping him. I think I'll bench him for Boston's next game and kind of see how that goes. Larry Nance, fantastic. Oh, by the way, how good has Al Horford been lately? Y'all were worried. Larry Nance has been just as good. He's been... oh. So much fun. I love it. There was a game that Al Horford and Larry Nance Jr. were both good in at the same time. Ah, my heart. Plays the strings of my heart. Herb Jones was really good over on that Pelican side. It may have been something to do with Trey Murphy uh, dealing with a foot contusion. He's questionable. Zion is probable. Someday we'll see what this team looks like when they're all healthy. Um, I'm starting Nance, regardless of who else is in there. Uh, Ingram, CJ, Zion, obviously. JV is not a must-start player anymore. I mean, you probably still do it. And then with Murphy and Jones, those are guys where you probably feel it out a little bit more. And now I do want to peel back to Memphis. I I, I just sort of forgot about them because I got busy talking about the New the New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Grizzlies, I was talking about John Conchart nuzzling up against fantasy value. I was wrong. He very much has fantasy value. He's upped his usage here, filling in for Desmond Bain. That's what we were looking for. He needs to be added and started in all formats until further notice. I mean, he was fantastic in this game, and he's been good for a couple in a row. Get Conchar in there. Man, I'm happy I have that dude on my 30-deep roster. That is super useful for yours truly. And that... Is your reverse chronological lightning round look at the weekend in review? We have a lot left to cover here for this Monday, but we're going to do it over on social. It's still there, guys. It's still there. At Dan Bespris, give me a follow. We got things to watch for here on Monday night. We'll break things down as they come injury news, all of that good stuff. Uh, I'm going to try to get a running super stream list that I'll have in our uh, premium Discord. And then I'll get that out on Twitter probably at at more like kind of the last second sort of deal. Like the premium folks are always going to get stuff a little bit earlier. Uh, But it's just too hard to do by podcast because I'm waiting on a bunch of injury news. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I have 17 names. Some of them are guys that I'm watching for a day. Can't do that on the pod every single day. But I can do it in Discord. I can do it a little bit later on on Twitter. Uh, so i hope you guys will join me for that again it's at dan Vespers over on social media hit me up if you want to get into the discord if you're part of our premium setup and if you want to get on the premium pass which you should use promo code bogo that's still running man two months for the price of one on any of these sports ethos premium monthly packages thanks for listening everybody monday in the books hey welcome to week six of the fantasy season it's going fast I'm Dan Basperus. Have a great night. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow or, you know, on the interwebs. So long for now.